We're going to transition, oh, lights, uh, into the message. I invite you to turn to James chapter 1. We're in a series just looking at the letter of James. If you're newer to your, um, following Christ, you've got a Bible, it's in the very, very back towards the end. You've gone to the maps, you've gone too far, but it's pretty close to the maps. Um, yeah, back in July, uh, I had some time off, and I had mentioned that we took a, a horseback riding trip out in Wyoming in the middle of the mountains, uh, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they had the, the outfit that we went, had a cook that went along, and she was actually an art teacher, high school art teacher, that liked to, to do these backpack trips with this outfit, and she would cook. She'd been doing it for like 10 years, and so that uh, we were out there, I don't know what day it was, and I just said, hey, you got any funny stories? Like, you've been out here 10 years. You've got to have seen something or heard something along the way with all these people. And and she says, oh, yeah, I got stories. And she says, I still laugh at this one. She says, I still, I I shake my head at it. And she said, we were out. She said, we we did the trail. Actually, you guys did. And uh, it's, you know, you got 10,000, 11,000 foot uh, mountains. 10,000, I don't think there are 11 there, but 10,000 foot mountains all around. And we were in the valley going through, and there's just, just these lush meadows, and it was June, and all the flowers are out, and it's just, she says, an incredible time uh, to go through the, through the, pe- the mountains there. And uh, she said that we were taking this, this group of people through, and there was one lady there that was like, and she said, if you could get the picture of a city girl, this would be it. I don't think she'd ever been outside of any kind of city. Like, she just flew from city to city, but she never knew country. And she's on this horse doing this ride, and she said, we're in this meadow, right? And she says, there's wildflowers everywhere. And she said, I hear her say on her horse, ask me the question, how in the world did you guys plant all of these flowers? (laughs) And she said, there was just this moment where I'm like, I didn't know what to say to that. She said, I literally looked back at her to look in her eyes to see whether she was telling me the truth or not. Like, are you serious? Like, she said, because I didn't, you don't want to like make fun of the people who are paying, you know, your salary, your wages right there. But she's like, it was all I could do to keep from making fun of her. But she was serious. She had never in her, this is so crazy, but in her experience, and if you don't understand this, somebody will explain it to you later, but She'd grown up in this city, and the only flowers she'd ever seen were planted by people. Isn't that crazy? And that's giving her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she's just really clueless. I I don't know. But one of the two, this woman thinks that they planted all the wildflowers in the mountains. You ever think that we could be clueless on something? completely out of touch or where our reality it, it does not match really the reality. James is talking about wealth this morning. And imagine if you've never heard Jesus and all you have is what you've perceived about wealth. You'd grow up in a world where the reality is wealth is what brings security. Wealth is what brings meaning and power, control. 
living for wealth acquisitions, the highest goal. If I could make more money, life would be easier. If I could win the lotto, I'd be set. If I could just have money like Bill Gates or um, Warren Buffett, I'd never have to worry again. And, and, and imagine we're on this little horseback train going through and Jesus is in the front and he's, we're talking to him and we say these things and he looks back like, are you serious? Like, did you just say that? That's your reality? You know, it's, I think, easy to laugh at that woman because she's so out of touch with reality. But I wonder if we have more in common with her than we think. James is coming to these young believers and he's introducing a paradigm that probably is radically different than what they're experiencing. And he's saying everything that you know and think about wealth and poverty is completely off. And he says in verse 9, he says, Let the lowly brother, in chapter 1, boast in his exaltation. And the rich boast, is the assumption, in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers fall and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Now, there's all kinds of wealth out there, all kinds of poverty that you could describe. There's a whole spectrum, poverty like lack of education, lack of medicine. The, the wealth poverty that he's talking about is material wealth and money, those things. And he says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. You know, poverty is such a relative term. Three billion people in this world make $2 a day. That's what they earn. Three billion people. That's about $700 a year is what they're living on. Now, that's relative because in America, the poverty line is around $60 a day. Now, that's for a family of three. Now, that can be a mom and dad and a kid or a single parent and, and two kids, obviously, any variation of that. But the, the America said about $22,060 a day is what poverty line is. It's relative because somebody who's only living on $2 a day would say that's incredibly wealthy cost of living in America is way higher. It's more difficult to live. It's harder to live, and that's why it's relative. But what is not relative, but is the same, is that poor is poor. And, and this idea that James uses is lowly transfers across all cultures and all time. Which it's, it's, a, it's a hard word to say. Those of you who are lowly, what does lowly look like? I mean, he's talking about poverty, but it's those who can't make ends meet. If you're less than a week away from financial ruin, James is talking to you. If your struggle is to just get food on the table for today, just for today, if you're working two or three jobs, not for spending money, but just to keep the electric on. James is talking to you. If you're on welfare, if, you, if you're lowly, 
financially. Some of you know what he's talking about when he says lowly, because you've felt that. And if you're newer to our church or you may not be aware of this, we have a lot of people who would fall into this category of poverty. You may be sitting next to someone. Everybody kind of looks the same here, and we can all hide it. But listen to what James says. He says, I want you to boast in your exaltation. Now, we don't often get encouraged, or we're not often encouraged to boast. So when we do, we've got to pay attention. He says, I want you to boast. I want you to brag. I want you to tell people about this. And, and what is it? He says this word, exaltation. And this phrase, you know, let the lowly boast in their exaltation, it sounds very similar to what Jesus said over in one of his first sermons where he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Very similar kind of thing. There's this idea that Jesus taught that there is such a thing as spiritual wealth, spiritual poverty. Spiritual poverty and wealth at its essence is defined by a person's relationship and connection to God. That's what it all centers around. How that is will then determine whether somebody is wealthy or poor. The person that has no relationship with God is in danger of eternal judgment and hell because of their sins before God. That's the greatest form of poverty. There is no other poverty that can touch that poverty. That's spiritual poverty. It's as low as it gets. And the kicker is that Jesus, and what Jesus says is no one can do anything to change that status and that spiritual poverty on their own. We can't do enough. We can't buy enough. We can't force our way in. We can't think our way in. We can't schmooze our way in. I mean, that's, that's how poor we really are. And it's a reality deep in here, and, and it's so real, people will do whatever they can to stop feeling that poverty, but the problem is you can't do anything to get rid of it on your own or on my own because we're just that poor spiritually. The blessing that Jesus is talking about, the wealth that he references is when someone recognizes and God brings them to that point of recognition like we just even heard. And by faith, we believe that the only path out of this poverty is through Jesus. What we just celebrated with communion, the cross, right? And in that moment, the spiritual wealth of heaven, the kingdom of heaven opens up, relationship with heaven comes, and, and God pours himself into that person's life. And that's spiritual wealth. And that wealth is greater than any wealth you could ever see in this world. And that's what James is talking about here. He says, I want you to boast about your exaltation. What does that mean? Exaltation literally means altitude. It's the word for altitude. Let the lowly brother boast in the high that's coming. Now the verb of that is to be lifted up, to give dignity. So this exaltation and this idea of the kingdom of God, it's synonymous. Jesus, what Jesus was saying, what James is saying is the same thing. It has to do with spiritual wealth. And that wealth is now relationship with God, Holy Spirit in us. I mean, you see some of the things, and these aren't all of them. But relationship with God is it. 
Him in us, a new identity. You're your son, you're a daughter, right? All this forgiveness and grace and love and mercy and patience and, and, and all of that unlimited for all eternity. Used by God to reach others, like just what you just heard. He brings us in. That's part of the wealth of the kingdom is that we're, we're working with him. A fulfilling life that has impact not just for this life, but it's a permanent impact, right? That's the kind of wealth, his power that's available to us. And there's an exalt, exaltation that happens to us that we now are no longer lowly. We are now lifted up, exalted. And the reality is, is the poor, material poor, have an easier time embracing the truth of this spiritual poverty than the wealthy. The material poor understand what it means to be in need. And you can't fake it. You know what it means to ask for help because you need it. And so the step of faith in Christ is not a foreign step. God speaks to the poor and he says, look, this poverty, this material poverty is not really the true reality. My kingdom, in my kingdom, you won't be called lowly. You'll be called my child. And he says, all my promises are yes to you. And, and for the poor person, well, that's just easy. All I have to do is say I'm in need. Well, I've been doing that a long time. And I know I'm in need. And that step's so easy. Or easier, rather. And James comes and he says, I want you, those of you who struggle with poverty, hang on. Hang on. Your time is coming when God will lift you up. In fact, it has already begun, and this poverty you're in isn't the true reality. Hang on. Persevere and boast in the fact that Christ has already lifted you. James goes on to address those who are wealthy, and he says, let the rich boast in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away, for the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers fall and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. It's actually a direct quote from Isaiah chapter 40, which says, all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are like grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. As you read through James, you'll find that he likes to use visual visuals like uh, illustrations and you can see it and what's even more I, I would say amazing is that he uses things that we understand even today you don't even have to speak greek to understand that even after this last summer i mean how many of you had your grass burn out praise the lord didn't have to mow it for like two months right oh that's a beautiful thing i feel sorry for all you in the neighborhoods that have that pressure to have to water your lawn I just feel so bad for you guys. Out in the township, you can let it burn, baby. Doesn't matter. Right? You, we've seen it. We know what that's like. And he's saying wealth is grass and flowers. Here today, 
gone tomorrow. That's how temporary, how fragile wealth is. The wealth of this world. And he says this spiritual lesson, I want you to understand it, is the world doesn't understand this. And, and, and look at the grass, understand the grass, look at the flower, understand the flower, because the world says that's permanent. Like get online and the world is obsessed with wealth. Travel around, you can see how much we're obsessed with wealth. There's all kinds of lists for wealth, like the wealthiest person in the world, which is now Bill Gates. He's up to like $85 billion now. And uh, he had a modest year so far because the stock market's up like 5.5%, 6%. That's what he's made this year. He's made like $5 billion just on a modest return of his money, which so is everybody else, but it just seems so different when it's $5 billion <laughs> instead of like $5. Um, wealthiest, wealthiest athletes, wealthiest Canadian, wealthiest American, wealthiest man, wealthiest woman. Wealthiest pastor. I saw that list. That was a little disturbing. You ever find a list that talks about the world's poorest person? You ever see a picture of the world's poorest woman? World's poorest man? Wouldn't that be awful? Like, that would just be awful. Who would ever do that? I mean, no one would ever do that. No one ever seek to try to figure that one out. One, because no one envies the poor. Everybody wants to be rich. Nobody wants to hear about the world's poorest person. That's awful. And that should tell you how much this world loves wealth. You find somebody wealthy, somebody's going to put them on a list and start to fawn over them and, oh, and how did you make this and how do you get this and can I have some? And you talk to wealthy people and they often wonder who's their friend really and who just wants their money. And Christ comes speaking through James and he says, anyone who has wealth better be warned. It's a fading flower. It doesn't last and what's interesting, I, nobody came up to me after the second or the first service, um, and I can't find any in, in the Bible, but, and I'm serious about this, if, if you know of one of these, let me know. But I have never found a warning about poverty in the Bible. I have found verse after verse after verse warning about wealth over and over and over again. God warns about wealth, warns about wealth, warns about wealth. He doesn't say wealth is evil, but he's always giving these warnings about wealth as something that is dangerous. He says in Mark, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples are like, what? And Jesus said to him, let me say it again, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. He says this in Luke, take care, be on your guard against covetousness for life's, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions, wealth. He went on to tell him a story. He said, the land of a rich man produced plentifully and he thought to himself, 
Well, what should I do now? I, I've got nowhere to store my crops. He said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and all my goods. And then I'll say to myself, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God came to him and said, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared. Well, whose are they going to be now, Sparky? Sparky was my, it's in the Greek, hidden in there. <laughs> he says, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus comes to Christians, right? These are, these are Christians. And he says, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, oh, I'm rich. I've prospered. I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus said the person with wealth will find it hard to believe in the true reality that they are poor spiritually. It'd be like that woman on that horse when the cook says, these are wildflowers that just grow, and the woman says, no way. You're lying. So is the person who is rich hearing Christ say, your wealth doesn't mean a hill of beans. It won't save you. It won't make you better. It won't do anything for you. And the wealth goes, the wealthy person says, whatever, whatever. You know, a recent study showed that the wealthy outdrink the poor by 27%. What are they missing that the poor have? Makes you wonder, huh? Jesus said material wealth makes people think they're secure, gives them a sense of permanence and eternity, makes them feel like God. That's what wealth in this world, the lie of it is. I'm superior, I'm powerful, I'm exalted, right? UC Berkeley did a study this is a fascinating one. I, I wonder, I just would love to talk to the people who invented this study. They studied people and, and the cars they drove, and they set it up at this intersection where it was required by law to stop for pedestrians. And people who owned luxury cars were four times more likely not to stop than someone who owned an average car. Yeah, when you're wealthy, you're exalted. The world revolves around you. You are better because you got wealth. That's what it does to people. They did these, there's a number of tests they did with people who had no money, and then they would, they do these games and these tests, and they would give them money, and literally their behavior would change. And they would start to do unethical things to keep their wealth. And Jesus, through James, says, I want you to boast in your humiliation. I want you to boast, and I want everybody to know how little you think of your wealth and that you need to be saved, that you're broken, that you're pitiable, 
naked, blind. You ever hear a wealthy person say that? It's arresting when someone who has a lot of wealth says, I'm really nothing. This wealth is meaningless. The only thing that has any meaning is Christ. And, and you can see, like, It's amazing when they boast in Christ. You know what's interesting is James does not condemn anyone who is poor, neither does he condemn anybody who's rich. He just says, make sure you understand how to manage your wealth. And if you're poor, understand you have a wealth coming that is amazing understand how to manage that in this life. And for those who are wealthy, he says, I want you to understand how to manage your wealth and that I'm really poor in this life unless I have Christ. Or I, yeah, I'm poor if I don't have Christ. You know who's one of the top 10 wealthiest pastors in the U.S.? Billy Graham. I had the same reaction. Huh. You know something? I have no problem with Billy Graham having a lot of money because I don't think that guy lives for money. He's just been this man who has this voice that says, follow Jesus and give everything away. The reality is most of us in this room are wealthier than 90% of the people in this world. 90%. We are the wealthiest 10% of the world. I think we're kidding ourselves if we don't think we're wealthy. We're kidding ourselves if we don't think about the reality that wealth can blind us to the spiritual wealth God would have for us. And he calls us to boast in our humiliation not in what we have and not what we wear and not what we drive and not in our bank account and not in the job and the income and the salary. Boast in Christ. Let's pray.